Before we get to the episode today, I want to thank our sponsor, Surf Prep Sanding. Whether you're looking for the highest quality of sanders, dust extractors, or abrasives, Surf Prep has what you need to take your project to the next level. I've been using Surf Prep for a couple of years now and know firsthand the quality of their products. The amazing family who stands behind their brand is by far the best in the industry. Use code MAKERLOUNGE, all one word, for 10% off your order at surfprepsanding.com. Huge thank you to Surf Prep for sponsoring today's episode. And uh, we look forward to recording with them live at WorkbenchCon this year. It's going to be an awesome time. Um, so if you want to get in and be part of that audience uh, when we record at WorkbenchCon, head over to patreon.com slash podcast and sign up to be a patron on any level and you'll get that special invite. And we're also going to be doing a giveaway there. Uh, we are going to be, I, I'm not going to give away what we're giving away <laughs> because, uh, but it's going to be awesome. You're going to, you're going to want to be there. It's going to obviously be surf prep related. And so, uh, make sure you head over to Patreon. We actually have a new patron this week, Bailey Thompson. Thanks for signing up to be a top tier patron. So huge shout out to Bailey Thompson. And we've got a number of other top tier patrons that I'll mention toward the end of the episode. Um, but yeah, get in and you've only got another week or so by the time this drops to, to sign up for that and get that special invite. So huge th- shout out to uh, our surf prep sponsor and the patrons who make this show possible. All right. It's the moment you've been waiting for. <laughs> the intros. <laughs> Welcome to the lounge. I'm Matt with Voltner Woodworking and your host of the Make a Lounge podcast where we have a rotating group hanging out and talking shop with each other. Today, I have a co-host in the lounge. Maker Conversations is not only the name of her podcast, it's her persona. She loves talking to all kinds of amazing and talented makers, and yet she wanted to have me on her podcast last week. (laughs) We had so much fun over there that I asked Tiff to come back and co-host with me. So Tiff Marchand is here, and I don't know if I said that right, that last... Your last name. You made it sound real fancy, Marchand. Marchand. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and bonjour. His logo may be the only thing I've seen with a spyglass, but I've been spying on his stuff for a long time. And today he is going to give us a glimpse inside of his business and how he got started. This maker has made so many French cleat tool holders and other projects. He single-handedly created the Baltic <laughs> birch shortage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> yeah. So Chris with a glimpse inside is here on the podcast with us. Thanks for being here. Both of, of course. you. <laughs> You're very welcome. Thanks for having me, man. <laughs> I created excited. the shortage. <laughs> yes. Single-handedly. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> so, so Tiff and I were on a podcast, uh, on her podcast, uh, Maker Conversations. And wouldn't it, that should drop this week, I think. It's dropping Monday. Dropping yeah. Monday. The 20th. Yes. So yeah, that we had a had a blast over there. And when I was talking with her, I she's like, "So who's coming up in the queue and stuff?" And I said, "Chris." She goes, "Oh, I've got to talk to him." Like, and I said, "Well, <laughs> I'm in trouble." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. I'm cu- I'm curious. Sure. I'm really, really curious. I'll be an open book, whatever you want to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she was Good. she was awesome, and and we had a great time over there. And she she does a great just line of questioning. So I was like perfect then i can kind of only work half the podcast it's nice <laughs> right essentially so so Great. chris uh you you got a glimpse inside you've got a closer glimpse um on youtube yep. 
And so tell us the, the origin story of A Glimpse Inside. Yeah, so the origin story, okay. Um, basically, so I started being a consumer on YouTube back in about 2014 probably. Didn't realize YouTube was a subscription-based type thing where you didn't have to pay for it. You just sign up for whatever channels you want to watch. Mm -hmm. And over time, I started watching YouTube more so than cable. And like, like most people have transitioned mm -hmm. into, they watch other streaming services that YouTube is kind of where, where I thought these people actually make content that is, well, it seemed more personal, more real, more whatever. And of course, I've always liked making things with my hands. You know, you guys know I was a bakery manager for two decades or so. And I, that was a job where I had to use my hands a lot, which was fine, which um, wasn't really my passion though. Um, and we'll get more into that kind of talk about passion or purpose and kind of that kind of stuff too later on. But uh, what ended up happening was the table saw I wanted so badly and back in, I guess, 2010, maybe 2011, I started, <clears throat> I started building cornhole boards with a circular saw to make a little bit of money so I could earn enough to have the hobby always pay for itself, 100%. I didn't want mm -hmm. to go into this because I knew it could be a rabbit hole of expense and all kinds of stuff. So that was kind of the origin of where the woodworking came, as a lot of people did, cornhole boards to make money to buy things. and. Slowly but surely, I added tools to the lexicon and, and, and started making various other projects, built-ins, um, a stage for a little kid's room that uh, a family friend had. So different projects to kind of get more versed and do things. Um, and then when we moved into this house, from a small house to an apartment to a bigger house, finally, because the family was growing, I had a two-car garage for the first time. Uh, coming from a one-car garage, everything was on wheels. There was like a little wow. hallway you had to walk through the one-car <laughs> garage, and it was just—it was—it was cool at the time. But man, to set up canopies, these twelve by twelve canopies out, outside to go work, and maybe you know. <laughs> this is my life that you're talking about. Yeah, with the it, garage right I, did, I did yeah. it for years, and a tiny little narrow passageway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you know what? You make you make do with what you have, right? And yeah. so uh, the craziest part about this was. Is over time, uh, as, as I was married and the kids were being born, um, long story short, I'm not going to get into this. I've told it in a video that my wife kind of had some health issues and she couldn't work. So <clears throat> she goes, as kind of like a joke, she's like, why don't you just like start a YouTube channel and have a second income, see if it works. And I'm mm -hmm. like, well, yeah, I, I don't have a DSLR. I don't have a new MacBook. I'm not going to do all that. Yeah. She's like, aren't phones sophisticated enough? I was like, eh, sure, I guess we'll try it. So I did a client build. I was doing client builds still, smaller things, you know, paying like a $1,000 farm table. And that's what I did. I had a, this $1,200 farm table I was making out of select pine from Home Depot and legs mm -hmm. legs from a salvage yard. Yep. Did that Did that video, recorded it on the phone on an app called Video Shop, which is not a sponsor or anything, but like that, that's just what I used. And it took me three months to edit because I didn't know what I was doing finally launched it and it got way more traction than the 12 subscribers that I had on because I put on Facebook I'm starting a YouTube awesome. channel and yeah. it got like 1500 views back then and it was kind of like I was like wow okay of course we weren't monetized it was nothing like that because the channel mm -hmm. wasn't big enough yet but it became this kind of addiction like that was kind of cool oh yeah All right so the next mm -hmm. video didn't do a thing. <laughs> so I was like, okay, the, the addiction is still there. <clears throat> so o over time, I said, I, I told myself, I said, look, if this is the way it's going to be, uh, if I'm going to still be working in this corporate job, kind of corporate, I don't know what you want to call it. It was, it was pretty corporate, but um, I'm going to do a YouTube video once or let's say twice a month for five years. And let's just see what happens. That was the, the big goal at the time. And mm -hmm. man, after the first year, about 10,000 10, subs came in. Um, nice. And the, the, the name, by the way, um, I, it was kind of like my wife and I were talking about what, what should we name this thing? 
And of course, I didn't want to pigeonhole myself into a shop, mm-hmm. Chris's mm-hmm. workshop, which is fine. It's all good. Mm-hmm. But she was, I don't know, people kind of, she's like, I married you because you're kind of an interesting dude. Like, I, I never know sometimes what's going to come out of your mouth. But people, <laughs> people kind of might want to see, get, get like a look inside kind of your head, you know, about uh, some various things. And I was like, that's cool. Smart. How about I look inside? And she's like, well, that's kind of generic. So we pulled up, you know, thesaurus.com. Oh, and nice. it just kind of came out. Glimpse was a pretty good one. And um, and I've always I've always heard that like hard consonant sounds in business are better. Kodak, Google, mm. Google that kind of stuff. Although I mentioned Kodak, and they're probably out of business. But um, <laughs> they had a good run. They, they had, had a, they had a great run. <laughs> so I thought that would that would be kind of cool. You know, it, it it has some type of I don't know. It's interesting. It's not pigeonholing in me in one thing. If I wanted to do something else, I could. It's a glimpse inside whatever. Um, it just kind of worked out that way. And um, so there you go. That's kind of like the origin story, the genesis of kind of what happened. And slowly but surely, it became this kind of thing I just couldn't not do. Um, mm-hmm. I just couldn't not see where it would go, uh, even though I didn't ever think this was ever going to become a full-time gig. And to be quite honest with you, um, the video creation side of it is not a full-time gig. It would not support anything. I mean, you, yeah. you, you know, I don't know what happened with YouTube or whatever, but I had a channel going. And I was making decent money in terms of AdSense for a while. And it was like somebody at YouTube just turned the faucet off of like the shop wow. build video and various other videos that were always performing. Mm. It was like, mm-hmm. I mean, it was cut down by 30%, I mean, by 60% at one point. And wow. I was, and we, I mean, again, you probably want more questions about how it all happened. But yeah, yeah. it was at that stage where I, where I realized I had to do something other than video content. So was this before or after you started the second channel? The second channel um, was something that I just tried um, in terms of putting things on there that I thought were very obscure. Mm-hmm. The, the goal was to do a little more obscure, a little more personal, a little more kind of a closer glimpse of things. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it did well. It did okay for a while. I mean, it's it's only got like I don't know whatever it is, ten or twelve thousand subscribers, but. Um, and eventually it, it kind of manifested itself into where I'd put instructional videos on how to put together the stuff I make mm-hmm. <laughs> where I didn't want yeah. to, I didn't want to inundate the main audience with these instructional videos that were kind of slow. No, that makes sense. And, yeah. But it was good. It was, it was nice. I had that channel already established to do that. And so certain products mm-hmm. I make come with QR codes where they scan them. It takes them to that video on the second channel and they can see how to put oh, something together. That's a good together. idea. Um, still trying to figure out how to make these QR codes on this laser. They're not 100% readable sometimes mm. um, because they got to be a, a certain size. Um, but either way, um, yeah. like, like again, the second channel is there. And again, I was trying to do this. Man, I put something out there, I guess, a couple of years ago about trying to, you know, be a healthier person too. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to put that on the main channel. Of course, I did well for about you know a month and a half, and then fell off the wagon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, flat lines. Yeah, like yeah. all my videos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. Well, that's awesome. I so the um the the QR code, that's a great idea. And and you're not doing like a Patreon or anything like that. You're you're just putting you're putting that out there for access for everybody. Um the 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 closer what? glimpse or or like just, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we, have, we have a Patreon campaign, but it's it's just like, hey, here's here's a Patreon thing. It's what we're doing if you like what we're doing here it is. Um, I typically give tangible gifts on Patreon and virtual gifts on YouTube memberships. Um, okay. You know, it, percentages off the website for memberships and like kind of obscure kind of 
apparel or um, I can't believe I'm not wearing my hat today, but um, I just, <laughs> it's <laughs> nice that you do so many different things though. And you tie it all together to be able to do that is really handy. Yeah, we try. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing exclusive about anything. Like I, I answer, I answer probably every DM I get. I, I try to talk to every single person that ever reaches out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't have a Patreon exclusive thread where yeah. I'll only talk to you if you pay me money. I just think that's absolutely ridiculous. And some people do it, and I'm not, I'm not going to name names, but that's fine. Um, if that's your thing, it, it, it could be because you would just be inundated because you're so damn yeah. popular, right? Yeah. And so, I, and I get that too. But, um, you know, I probably answer, I don't know, between 10 and 20 people probably every day. So yeah. it, it, it can be, yeah, I got to sit for a minute, probably about 30 minutes a day and kind of just go through and see, you know. But it's yeah, it was maybe a year ago I reached out to you um, about s- some stuff and you were very quick to respond. Yeah. And, you know, given the amount of uh, followers and everything that you had and how busy I, I could tell that you are in all of your videos, you're like running from, from place to place, finishing projects. I was like, wow, that's really cool. And you were, yeah. I mean, very personable. Well, I, which is hard to come to by. And that's just kind of, I mean, I, you know, it's three years old kind of the same way. It's just kind of who you are as a person. I think, yeah. I mm-hmm. think you have a, you know, you have a kind of a compass of who you are from a very young age. And I just yeah. happen to be very fortunate that mine happened to be what it is, you know? Yeah. Well, and Tiff and I talked about this on, on her podcast, but you know, the people in the maker community are just so um, welcoming yeah. and it's, it's not something that you get in uh, a lot of other industries. Hmm. Not quite. No, they're so welcoming. They're so open to share their processes. I mean, same thing. If people ask me questions, I'm going to answer them unless they come in kind of like hot. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> <Right>. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, give me all of your secrets. Yeah. I've never talked to you before. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. And there's certain things that, I mean, it, you know, like in terms of running this business now, um, uh, I, I'll share almost anything. In fact, you know, uh, it's been uh, people would ask me from time to time. It's like, are you afraid of putting all your, di- your digital files out there for what you make? And it's kind of like putting your IP just out there. Mm. I said, you know what? I said, I, I, I'm not too concerned about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I can tell you a quick story about an incident that happened one time, um, mm-hmm. I got a message from a viewer. Said, I don't know if you've seen this, but here is a tool holder. It's your design. It's being sold on Facebook Marketplace out of Montana. Mm. So I looked it up and. I, I screenshotted the thing and I did like an Instagram story. I was like, look at this. This is crazy. I, mm-hmm. you know, and then within like, I, I, I did that story and I looked back at my phone and the guy who had done it already sending me messages on Facebook that wow. I didn't see. And I opened mm-hmm. them up and he was like, I don't know who you are, but I'm getting inundated with people who are like harassing me that I have stolen something from you. So I'm taking it down. I came up with this on my own. I swear. Like, mm. oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. but but the so the people in the community and my smaller audience that I have you know, compared to these other people out there had had just gone to marketplace and messaged this guy and said, "What are you doing? You're mm. taking this idea from this guy. Shame on you!" Mm-hmm. And he got he got so bombarded with messages that I didn't even provoke. I didn't ask anybody to do this. That mm-hmm. he was like, "I'm taking it down. I'm sorry if I offended you. Whatever." And then and that was it. So mm-hmm. like this this community even behind my back had it yeah and fought it it was kind of a cool moment yeah that happened to me with the uh with the pencil clip too i did it really yeah so i i came up with the pencil clip thing or whatever okay that it the pencil clip in and of itself is not a new idea right it's like a french cleat holder is not a new idea no but there's something Mm -hmm. specific about the design the way that i did it and there's something specific to the way that you do your tool holders and i had another maker who was like who, who knew about me and followed me 
and they started doing the pencil clip yeah. and it was a very similar design and I, I messaged them and i was like hey you know kind of not cool right right um and they're like oh yeah oh no now that i see your design i didn't see that before or something like mm. that and i was like oh i was like oh, okay cool right. and they're like well i'm not gonna i'm not gonna put this out to everybody and you know then fast forward six months and they were putting it out to everybody i was like okay hmm. well that's all right it's patent pending so we'll see yeah <laughs> now, they changed they, they've oh. changed the design so uh you know, yeah that's fine patents are patents are reasonably priced if you have a specific patent but broad patents are unbelievably expensive well it was a waste of money for me to be yeah. uh, be completely honest putting a patent out there uh you have to have the money to back up the patent right right now we're talking about somebody who's in the same niche as me i'm not we're not talking about you know somebody who's got a major manufacturing uh yeah. company they're, they're not right. injection molding these things hundreds at a time yeah per minute you know yeah yeah he's 3d printing right right yeah yeah and so do you yeah right well not anymore, not anymore. i had a i had a production you, run you had a mold yeah. okay that's yeah. what i thought the one i got seemed like it wasn't 3d printed. smart yeah 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 it you know better quality you know just yeah. like you it's like you're looking for different types of materials so when there was the baltic birch uh thing that you created um the shortage that you created single-handedly right yeah, right <laughs> <laughs> when you couldn't get baltic birch anymore you were looking out there for other materials yeah. to use yeah. found a few um nothing is there really is no substitute like real substitute in terms of it's like weight i mean these these sheets i'm getting in now they're four by eight um three quarters of an inch which is only you know 0.7 it's actually one of the thinner thinner three quarters of an inch plywoods out there but it, they weigh 84 pounds a sheet um yeah for in retrospect like, like the garnica poplar ply is only 51 pounds a sheet so we're talking 30 something more pounds per sheet of wood Wow. It's amazing how much more dense and strong and whatever. And it's overkill. I could probably make everything that I make out of half inch and mm -hmm. just remodel it. But for now, I'm not doing that just because. I mean, it would probably, I don't know. I probably, maybe I should have started that in the first place. <laughs> because <laughs> it, would, it would save on shipping. It would save on weight. I mean, it would do a whole bunch of stuff. But I think there's just a robustness to things when you get these in your hands and put them up. And they kind of, I don't know. It's an interesting look. I never, they look cool. They're, yeah. they're stronger, probably. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, just, and again, never thought, nice. never thought I would get into this. Never thought it would even happen. Um, and I'm sure you'll probably want to know the origin story of like how, well, like how that came I'm to be. I'm really curious on just like when you were making your goal for your five years of YouTube. Yeah. What was your focus going to be at that time and how much has it shifted since then? Okay. So the focus basically was like, I mean, back when I started this, it was interesting unique build videos they got people's attention which they still do now but man you have to be i mean you have to do something crazy something nobody's ever seen mm -hmm. and to, to mm -hmm. or or you have to be an unbelievably narrative storyteller storytelling is is pretty much the basis of youtube if you could tell an amazing story and hook someone in, in the first 10 seconds um you, you'll have you'll have pretty good success here and I'll, I'll be honest with you i'm not the best storyteller um I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good conversationalist, but in terms of editing and, and doing, it's it's probably mm -hmm. more work than I'm willing to put in, which sounds horrible, but mm -hmm. um, it's not necessarily something I'm all that great at. So I, that's why I have this kind of Green Acres approach. It's kind of like, and I'm not take it or leave it, but this is, this is the realest I can do it. And so mm -hmm. I started making these videos and doing build videos, um, and they did okay. Uh, the, the more elaborate build or the more rare the build the better the videos do for instance it's rare for someone to build a shop from the ground up in one video for 20 minutes that's a kind of a rare video but a table is much more ubiquitous than a shop video mm -hmm. right so the percentage of 
content that's out there in, in a certain um, style, like a shop video, is, is small. And so those videos do better. Um, <clears throat> everyone's built a table, and it's a dime a dozen. They won't do that well unless you do something crazy, right? Mm -hmm. You got to, mm -hmm. like, I don't know what you would do. LEDs are passe. I mean, who knows? Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so, and again, channels, I find this too. Channels are also built with what videos have gone well for you and what your audience expects to see. Mm -hmm. So the videos that have done well for me, and this tells me a lot about my making ability, and it's funny, but it's embarrassing all at the same time. So I have two videos that have over a million views. Uh, the shop video is almost at two million. Basically, my, my more popular stuff is me facilitating things that other people can do. Okay, <laughs> does that make sense? So maybe maybe yeah. I'm maybe I'm more of like a better a better host or a yeah. better kind of like just kind of showing you MC, right? Yeah. Is that is that is that what I'm is that I don't know. But it's hard to replicate a shop. It's hard to replicate those expectations again. Mm -hmm. Okay, so mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. There are you can only build that, so many shops. You can't. So if if I'd have gotten popular because I did projects for under twenty dollars, mm -hmm. if I did projects that sell, here's five of whatever, then that would be right. easier to replicate. And there are channels that basically are shilling products and shilling ideas and don't build anything anymore hardly, and they're getting the views that are completely financially supporting them mm -hmm. because they make that business decision, right? Yep. This yeah. is working. Um, I, I was actually sitting, and I don't think he'll mind me sharing this story because it's a pretty cool story. Um, four workbench cons ago, I was having dinner with some friends, and actually Jonathan Casmosis was there, and he was uh, just introducing himself. And, and it, KM Tools wasn't invented, you know, my website. We were, we were still babies at this, mm -hmm. and <clears throat> he was mentioning. He's like, I have this crazy video. I, I don't even know why I did it. It's called like top five techniques in woodworking every maker should know or something like that mm -hmm. he goes it's going nuts i'm like i don't i don't get it that's not what i do and it completely like changed he's like wow showing the techniques showing the knowledge right instead instead of the product instead of the end goal that's what's intriguing is people. what was more intriguing it was a paradigm shift that he had right there at that damn table mm. and it was like yeah. it was interesting to see that and um and Rebecca, I think at Southern Pine Design, was there with us too. And, and she remembers, she's like, I remember that whole conversation. That's so crazy that happened right there. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But you have to kind of pivot and know what's going to work for you. Um, yep. Again, I, I'm not that great at that. I have certain videos that do really well, and it's me facilitating, like, here, I, I found an unbelievable deal on hardware. Mm -hmm. Check this place out. Or this is where I source my plywood, and here's another alternative. Those do, those do pretty well. Mm -hmm. But me personally, I... I, I haven't made the shift into doing just that style of video because I I don't know maybe it's it's a stupid financial decision because I just don't feel like it's who I am <laughs> I don't know but well, I think you have to <laughs> you have to stick true to who you are and, yeah to and, a certain point but you can't put yeah. your family in jeopardy because you're prideful yeah. on who you are right, right? <laughs> so no it's true so right now you're making most of your uh, money on the products that you're selling oh easily 70 75 percent yeah. I, without those products, I don't know what we would do. So, um, it, yeah, it's it, basically as a maker who's in the space doing this on his own or on her own or whatever, you have to convince the world out there. And this is a number I'm just going to throw out there. Everybody's situation is different depending on cost of living or whatever. But <clears throat> I have to convince the world to throw eight to $10,000 to me every month. 
okay, here's what I'm doing, and here's what. Hopefully, you guys can just make it come on, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of like the the the, the goal here, right? Um, and and without those products, I, I don't know. It, again, I, I get very little comments about, oh, here's Chris, here's another infomercial coming out, that kind of thing. I I take those to heart. There's overwhelmingly people are positive about things. Mm-hmm. Um, Your approach is really nice. I was just watching a few of them and yeah. the way you're talking and. It's very natural. It's not sales pitchy. You're literally just like sharing what's going on in your life and right. what's going on in your shop. Like right. it comes off very well. Just well, so cool. you know, that's very cool to know. It's basically yeah. I have a need. Like I have a need to keep things a little organized. I am not an organized person by, by all means. I mean, if you look at this crazy table, it's just all kinds of. I mean, there's there's stuff all over the place here, and I'm not the most organized, but I I do have some type of semblance of order. And if I had a little less to do, I'd probably be a little more organized. But mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> the the caddies, the holders. Um, basically, I, I don't. You can't see it here because yeah, I'm, they're far away. But I started making things way before the tool holder that just didn't have any traction. You know, I, making end tables, uh, kids' stools, making planters for different plants, uh, making miniature cornhole boards. Um, I had all these ideas that I was putting out to the world. In fact, I probably have about 700 individual bags sewn for cornhole boards, just oh, wow. ready to go. I had, a, I had a lady wow. helping me. She would make 200 at a time, uh, red and blue. And I was, I just, when I tried even putting them out there, you probably don't even know about it because I didn't market it right. Right. Because it wasn't desirable for my audience to even do. And <clears throat> the long and the short of it was, I actually had a dream. This sounds so silly. I had a dream where someone was telling me, like, you have, you just got the plaque. You have 100,000 subscribers. Mm-hmm. That means you have 200,000 drills out there on your audience that don't have a sexy storage solution. And you're not going to reinvent the wheel here by putting a drill to, drill holder together, but try to do it. <clears throat> so I did it for myself and my dad and I, it's crazy, we were talking, he was like, I'm really concerned about you putting these drill holders on the CNC. I think that's going to inundate people. I mean, not inundate, it's going to, it's going to, <clears throat> that's going to people, <clears throat> that's going to make people leave your channel if you make things on the CNC. And I said, I, I kind of agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should do them on the bandsaw. He's like, yes, do them on the bandsaw. <laughs> and, um, I did a couple on the bandsaw, and I was like, "This is a pain." Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is a lot of turns. Use your CNC. It's, it's a tight yeah. turn. I, like... <laughs> I said, "I'm going to do it on the CNC," and I'm going to say, "You can do it on the bandsaw. Maybe I'll right. offer a template or something like that." Did the video. That video is done pretty well. The, the Epic Tool Storage, and and uh, I even offer. I said, "Look, I got a pack of these. I'm going to give them to my dad because um, he and I kind of brainstormed this idea. Is this of any interest?" And the comments on that video about yes, make them was. 10 times, tenfold over more, the comment traction I was getting before. Yeah. So <clears throat> I spent about seven days and I refined it a little bit, made it the shape it is today and did an infomercial, like I said, on it the next day or the next week, posted the video late. I think it was like at seven o'clock at night and it, it was just doing okay. And then the next morning I woke up and I had a website set up with a Stripe account and there was almost $5,000 in that Stripe account like, overnight. Wow. And I Fantastic. couldn't believe it, and I, it took me a month and a half to kind of fit, just get get everything, get all the orders done. It, it was pretty, yeah. it was pretty eye opening, and so that was okay. All right, dream whatever that was, it worked, mm-hmm. um, and so that kind of made me think maybe, just maybe, that making for makers, as crazy as that sounds, might be a niche I can create for myself. And the idea was is that most woodworkers don't want to do this organizational crap. They, they, want to, they want to 
they, they want to have the functionality of something organized, but they don't want to put their effort into it because their passion is cutting boards, chess boards, tables, chairs, whatever they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought if I can make it somewhat visually appealing and aesthetically, you know, um, not, 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 too, not too flashy, but super functional, mm-hmm. it, it, would, it would take hold. And, and not to say it's taken hold, it hasn't like, it hasn't gone crazy, but it's done well enough for me to just absolutely pursue this and to, to keep to keep on plugging on so mm-hmm. so yeah you, and you would have been kicking yourself had you had that many sales and you had to stand over a bandsaw and <laughs> cut <on. laughs> can you Never. imagine very <laughs> very valid point right yeah, there I'd yeah i'd still be i'd still be standing there I, I would say that the number one comment i get when i post anything about uh my shop organization is gosh i wish i had time for that because mm-hmm. most people are just yep. doing things on the weekend and you know they at the end of the day on sunday they just leave their pile there and then when they come back in the next weekend they want to start making they don't right. so they just build upon that pile and it just gets worse and worse and worse right. so yeah. you've got a you... great solution for that you know if as long as they've got the french cleats hung up on the wall but if they don't have the french cleats hung up on the wall you can you also got yeah. them covered there right yeah well my, my number one selling item is the standard tool holder right mm-hmm. um and it, it doesn't have a french cleat option so okay. and that was by design because i didn't want i didn't want again there's a whole pigeonhole thing like you have to have this if you have this and right. <clears throat> i just said look and it, every everyone comes with these kind of high quality craig style screws that i get um from um the manufacturer where i get them from mm-hmm. and they're super great they're like gunmetal in color they're really robust and i include either a four pack an eight pack a six a 12 pack or whatever depending on how many you order mm-hmm. but the hardware always comes with every order and so but you can put a cleat on if you want mm-hmm. go ahead do do you do you but yeah I, I couldn't do that i just thought it was just a smart decision to keep it keep it um semi-customizable yeah i agree yeah um, Did you find when you started your audience, sorry, that you had a way larger maker audience too? Like since you're putting out woodworking videos of that, like it was yeah. like a natural transition to start building parts for them, right? Yeah. I'm yeah. running into that so often now with Sabretooth because I'm doing so many carving videos yeah. that I just feel like my audience has completely shifted. And, and you do kind of have to shift a little bit with them right. if you want to make money off of them. Right. You just want to... Right. It, it, you know it, I mean? Is your audience shifting or are the people that have always been there becoming more vocal because they enjoy... That too. You know, it could be the same exact people, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've, I don't hear very often that people are leaving the channel. They either do or they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but when, when it, it, the other thing is when people come new to my channel or, or to you, or if, if, let's say they don't know who you are mm-hmm. and they see the carving aspect of what you do, right? Yeah. And that's they're going to be their immediate first impression. And if they like that, that's better for you because that's the direction you're heading, mm-hmm. right? right? So same thing yeah. for me. Yeah. If someone comes in and says, this guy's innovating products for the maker community, that's cool. I, I'm, I'm down. But someone a, a year or two ago was like, man, I miss it when this guy didn't shill this crap out to us. Mm-hmm. You just never know. Exactly. <laughs> you yeah. know? So no, you don't. The people are different. You set their expectations on when they find you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about the evolution of tools. Uh, you've, you've got a bunch of, like you, you talked about, you initially had the circular saw and you were, you were doing that. Now you've got a table saw and yeah. you've got CNC. You've got laser. Like, where do you go from here? Like what's in well, store for you? So 
you know, I don't really know. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of stuffed to the gills. This shop looks bigger on, on film than it is. It's only a free car garage. It's a 30 by 20, um, but it's really tall. It's like 16 mm -hmm. feet tall. Yeah, it's um, nice. Oh, wow. So it's nice to be able to take, a, you know, a 12-foot board and swing it overhead. Right, yeah. <laughs> the ceiling. <laughs> um, but uh, where do I go from here? I mean, I, the, the bread and butter of everything that happens here is basically over to the right of me. Um, where the laser, which is the size of a double-sized bed, which is stupid right. big. I mean, yeah. these things are huge. Um, and I have a smaller CNC. I have a smaller penguin. It's only I, I cut blanks down. I don't know if I could spin this camera around, but I cut these. What is that? Hold on. Oh wow. I cut these blanks down. So what you see behind me are 24 by 36 inch sheets of Baltic birch, and then 24 by 36 inch sheets of domestic uh, B2 or a2 maple um meaning that it's pretty high quality stuff and i find that the domestic stuff in terms of the the the, 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 the thin plywood has to have a solid fur core or something mm. like that and then two veneers because lasers can cut through that like a dream um, anything with multi-layer plies in between like the stuff you get from indonesia it's going to be a little tough sometimes right. there's reeds and and all kinds of weird like like bondo in inside the, the wood oh yeah in the butt Mm -hmm. And so when you cut as many pieces as I do, you need to be able to just to lift the pieces off and there'd be nothing there. You need to be able just to gather them up, shrink wrap them, do whatever. Yeah. And mm -hmm. in terms of where I go from here, I mean, a bigger machine isn't necessarily what I'm looking for. Maybe it would be just another small machine mm -hmm. because all of my parts are so little. Um, they're not cabinets. They're not panels, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> they're little yeah. bitty like 90 degree pieces or little forks. Or whatever, and I don't right. use tab. I don't use tabs at all, mm -hmm. um, which is a little crazy. I do this a little differently than your average maker. I don't care about chip load in the CNC. Um, that's kind of why I developed these bits. We, we've got a set of router bits now that I'm offering to the public that sell out just about every time, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, tell um, us about them. I'm, I'm working with a Southeast Tool Tool Company up in North Carolina, um, and they uh, guys I know them through tra trade shows and whatnot, and they're they've been a big industrial. <clears throat> A manufacturer of router bits meaning you know they make router bits that are eight nine hundred dollars thousand dollars a piece for mm. big industrial wow. applications and he's like i don't even know what are you using he's like what are you using i'm using an eighth of an inch and I'm, i explained the whole process <laughs> and he's like does that even cut anything yeah he's like how cute <laughs> yeah <laughs> i said i said here's what i'll do i said i'm gonna send you i'm gonna send you everything that i use i'm just just in it and man he he went in and started doing this research and finding the geometry and looking at things and he and he, and he recalibrated, he took the best of everything that he studied along with me and how it worked. And we've come up with a bit, man, that with this specific coating on it, it is four times durable than anything I've ever used. Nice. Um, and again, I'm not gonna mention any other you know, router companies or whatever. I mean, mm -hmm. there, there are great bits out there and they last a long time for many hobbyists. Mm -hmm. I just do it differently. I push them to the limit and the, the ones that I'm pushing to the limit now are lasting the longest ever and mm -hmm. they they plunge down i can cut through baltic birds three quarters of an inch and four passes with an eighth of an inch bit um running um you know i'm not sure uh, the cnc heads will understand this but i still do millimeters i do either 1600 or, or, or 2000 millimeters a minute mm. um and with no tabs and i just i, I dial in the dust collection just barely right enough to where the, the, the a little bit of dust stays but, there at the yeah. bottom and it doesn't let that thing shift around <laughs> mm -hmm. and so it all works That's i mean the secret I, I, Without fail, I yeah. go to the CNC and I lift the thing up, and then there's just the skeleton mm -hmm. of, of 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 pieces. So <clears throat> I don't know. It, I think that there's some there's some um, I think there's some promise to 
coming up with like lines of products that aren't mine, but mm -hmm. I'm using like this router bit is 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 very is very new to me. Um, the fact that I, I don't have anything to do with it except the R and D, mm -hmm. um, and they've been wonderful. They they they've sent you know hundreds of prototypes over, and we've gone back and forth. And we finally landed on something that was able for me to actually launch out there. And we're trying to get. The problem is that they don't have. That's not like a default tool. That eighth inch router bit is something they have to manufacture every single day. Mm -hmm. And so he goes, that quarter inch bit, man. We started making that quarter inch bit. Yeah, you know, I've got like ten thousand of those right now. Mm -hmm. I just got to send them away for your coding. That's all. Mm -hmm. And so we're trying to get the infrastructure built up to where they're just always available. Um, how which, did you figure out to even make your own bits? Like, how did you know that you could do that? I was, I was, I was upset with the performance that I was, of the speed I was having to go. I was like, there's got to be a better way. And I kept hearing that you know, quarter inch bit is where you need to go, and then somehow put maybe one tab in there and just figure it out. And I just refused. I'm like, there's no way. Mm. And so, <laughs> and as I'm, it was at IWF where I was walking okay. around all these different oh, yeah. places, you know? Uh, Whiteside was there, Southeast was there. There's a bunch of stuff. And the, the owner of Southeast, I mean, the owner, owner of the company, listened, and he's like, I, he's like, let me take you on a tour of all the machines that I have. Of course, the, the machines that make router bits mm -hmm. are at IWF. Right. And so he took, I mean, he took me around. <clears throat> he said, look, I have 10 of these. <laughs> I'm like, huh? <laughs> and, yeah. and there's two hundred thousand dollar machines uh more yeah oh wow <laughs> and yeah, yeah because the, inside these machines there are like three different six axis that all go together and they diamond grind uh, carbide and again it, it, he's been very very forthcoming saying like look your average carbide comes from here this is something i can't talk about mm -hmm. your average carbide ingots are manufactured and come from here I don't want those. I, I get these much more closer to home, and this is a better product. And again, carbide is just basically the world's toughest ceramic, right? It's not metal. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a mixture. It's a compressed heat sealed mixture of like making like a pharmaceutical drug, mm -hmm. and like they press it, and then there it is. And you could polish it to make it look like metal, of course. Mm -hmm. But the carbide that they, they've been using, I'll, I'll give you an example. He sends over bits without any coating, just straight carbide, and they, outli mm -hmm. they outlast any of the other coated bits I've ever bought. Mm. So and I don't understand it. And he goes, it's in the geometry. We figure something out with the geometry. Mm. That's so, crazy. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, so this being part of, you know, a, a new idea or, or concept for your shop and, and getting in the bit space, how do you come up with like new ideas for products that you're making? Um, well, you have a need. So <clears throat> everything that I've made so far, it was a need to store something or to keep something more organized off the ground, whatever it is. Um, I'm actually gone a little bit full circle here um, and I'm actually redesigning my own stuff. Mm. Um, meaning, uh, I, I should have had an example. Um, actually, I, let me show you this. So, I love a good show and tell. Yeah. People have to check this out on YouTube or on uh, Spotify so if you want to see the visual. So typically, yeah, the visual, so typically you would have a piece um i found anyway i'll just show you here let me show you this piece right here it's going to say this place was intentionally left blank <laughs> but these right here is basically and I'm, i may be giving away an idea that i it's, i think it's mine i don't know yeah. but this creates kind of like a wooden spring a compression fit mm -hmm. it's pretty easy except for the and laser they, yeah and when they go into a, a piece like like this you'll be able to tell if i can even show this it well of course on camera 
Yeah, there you go. So you get a click. Oh, that's cool. And yep. and when you uh, you could build an entire thing with with zero glue. Yeah. With zero pins. I was using pins that's for awesome. a while. I was requiring the makers to use glue to put things together, and the end experience was <clears throat> a little bit more, I guess, work related heavy on their end. They had to do something. Mm -hmm. You know, this is is almost like putting together like a cool model. Yeah. And and I've been able to kind of figure out different measurements and whatever else. And now these pieces go together. I got I got a spray paint holder system coming out that I've been working with Pete Parisi about. So just to tell and, people yeah. on that are listening, you know, because it's a podcast, uh, and they may not, they're probably driving in their car. So, <laughs> uh, you know, describe the, essentially the mechanism a little bit there for. Okay. So basically, if you take um, a piece of wood as you laser it, you're going to laser uh, two. Uh, how many cuts are there? One, two, three. You essentially you got, got like a, a fork, essentially. That you got, yeah, you got like a fork that yeah. comes out. And in, in the space, the negative space of the fork at the base of that negative space is a circle cut. So <clears throat> it kind of acts like a wooden spring between the two pieces. Mm -hmm. So as you push those two pieces that have round over edges, as you push those two pieces into a slot, they kind of compress into each other. And as they get all the way through, they kind of come out a little bit more, holding it all together. Now, it's not like, we're not talking like a permanent fix. You can knock this out. But right. when, when all of these pieces fit together in one cohesive unit, it's rock solid. You can take it and shake it around, and mm -hmm. it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, very cool design. Yeah, it's pretty neat. And like I said, I'm, yeah. there's, a, there's a spray can holder we've been developing. Uh, Pete, Pete Parisi from Pete Squared sent me the design, mm -hmm. and I tweaked it for wood. And there is such a cool moment when you put these together. I'm hopefully going to get these out soon. Uh, when you put these together where you, you hold it and you're pushing, and all of a sudden you hear, <coughs> you hear like this massive click. <laughs> and then you realize, oh, <laughs> that's solid. Yeah. And that was such a cool moment. And I was like, this is something that I'm, I'm really excited to get out. I just, I just got to get some more you know, website photos taken and all that. Yeah. Well, very cool. Uh, so on on this podcast we do something that's uh, we we play a game. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if you've, you're familiar with the podcast, but we play a little bit of a game. I call it a game. This this particular one is not as much of a game like where you're going to get points or anything like that. So <laughs> don't okay. don't think you're walking away with a massive prize or anything. <laughs> but uh, we play, word. we play a game called Rapid Fire, and so it's a great way for me to just you know cover a lot of ground. Um, Tiff, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the questions in the chat, I think. So what we like to do on this uh, podcast is play games. Sometimes we play a game called Yes or No, and I ask Yes or No questions or, you know, things like that. For this particular one, we're going to play Rapid Fire. So it's essentially a way for us to fire questions at you that you can answer in kind of rapid succession. We can dive deeper into some of them, you know, if, if we want to. Um, but it's a great way for people to get to know you a little bit more, and we can cover a lot of ground this way. So uh, this is a game called Rapid Fire, and so okay. Tiff's going to be helping me out uh, on it. You want to take the first one? Absolutely. Sure. I actually like the uh, what would you wear on your shirt for just one word if you had to wear it for an entire year. So what word would you have on a T-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> I see. I like it because yeah. it's it says a lot about your personality. Yeah, man. Um, one word for an entire year. On a t-shirt for one year. Yeah. Um, that word would be. Man, I, I, this is horrible. I, this is not rapid fire. No. This is like <laughs> this is a hard. This is it's like hard. a musket. No, they um, they get they get me, easier. 
Okay, so um, we started strong. Uh, <laughs> I do. did. Do do okay. It's hard if you like pick that. one word. Like maybe I, we should have had a phrase like you know quote or something. But sentence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, one word. Do that's good. Tiff, what about you? Just curious about. You know, I was sitting here thinking as he was doing that now, and I don't know. I feel like it'd be like carve it right now for my personality. Oh, like. Yeah. Two words, I know it's, it's cheating, words, yeah. but still. Carve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Carve. Yeah. Carve. It's like we're making a sen- like a caveman sentence here. Do carve. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Quick. Yeah. <laughs> make. Yeah. I right. mean, make is too easy. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I just I want to pick something like that. Yeah. Just, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Start the, something like that. T- tough question. Yeah. For for me, as I was writing this I was question, say, I was what like, about you? Yeah. Um, I would just say. Um, focus focus you wrote the question and yeah. it took you a minute yeah so yeah yeah give me so some leeway <laughs> I, I i definitely yeah well we had a uh, nick and christy from the maker collab on and i threw some zingers at them in their in their yeah. questions and i was like oh i gotta write these <clears throat> questions a lot easier like it's just uh <laughs> yeah I, I love nick man he's great yeah he's awesome all right i'll take the next one uh okay. here we go uh hobby outside of the shop well, I was a musician for a lot of years. Like I said, um, when we talked before, uh, again, that hobby, when you have young children, I was a drummer since I was 12 years old, um, but guitar as well. And I like loud, loud stuff. I, par- I have bad hearing because of it. <clears throat> um, but that was, a, that was a, not, <laughs> that was a big, that was a big part of my life for a lot of years. And I wish I could actually spend more time with it now. Um, because I miss it. And again, it's, it's a creative aspect thing. It's creating something out of thin air. Yeah. If you write a song or whatever else, but yeah, that's, that's definitely a big one. Yeah. I was talking on, on Tiff's, um, podcast that we just recorded, you know, if, if you go full time, then hopefully it frees you up to do some more of those hobbies, but it sounds like maybe that's not the truth, right? Because if you're going full time, then you're like just so focused on making that. And I have, I have a thought about why that is. Okay. And this is exactly why for me. So I spent the last 23 years before doing this, curating a career with a company, mm. right? Working my way up mm-hmm. in the management structure, uh, getting to where I could support a family with it. And, 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 and that was 23 years of work to get to a certain spot. So when I go full-time here, I'm back to ground zero. I have to get back up to that spot mm. as fast as humanly 100%. possible. Okay. And if I can't get there as fast as humanly possible, I don't have another 23 years to get back to where I was a year ago. I can't, I have to get up there and get and and hopefully eclipse it. And if I'm not able to do that, well, here's what happens. You sacrifice every amount of waking hour to do the business now that you're calling your own. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly why you think you have time, but you actually have less time to do what you want to do because you have to spend way more time innovating and doing things to create things on your own. That's, that's kind of my thought about that. Passion is amazing, though. I agree with you. Like, if you have the passion to continue and drive onto something, it's yeah. just, it's going to get you there. You got to put the work in, but the passion is where it's going to get to you. Right. So you said you're a musician. What is your favorite music to listen to, to consume? Oh, probably just, like, angry <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, a- a- angry. Well, not quite. Like, I mean, I- I'm. You know, I grew. Well, I see. Uh, I grew up playing the drums, right? Mm-hmm. And I was a huge mm-hmm. Dave Matthews Band fan back when they were ninety two, ninety three, ninety four. I was, you know, twelve, okay. thirteen, fourteen, and so I made sure that I learned every single song from mm-hmm. them on the drums. I could play every album, put the headphones on, just go at it. 
Um, and then a buddy of mine <clears throat> who we we're always kind of in competition with each other as teenagers, he decided he was going to get a Les Paul and play guitar. And I'm like, oh, well, I, I got to do that too, but I'm going to get an acoustic. And I got, my grandmother got me an acoustic for my 15th birthday and it was the same thing. I got to learn these songs. He plays the guitar like a percussion instrument. I got to figure this out. And so I spent most of my afternoons and evenings learning Dave Matthews songs up until I was a senior in high school. Very cool. Um, I, I played in the marching band and all that and stuff like that too, but uh, my tastes have changed a little bit since then. Um, I, I like, I like music that can, that I feel like I can nod my head to and, and blast in the car and, and, mm -hmm. um, and I, I got a soft spot for Adele as well. Don't get me wrong. Okay. And, and girl like can that. sing, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she can. But yeah, I like a little more edgier stuff though, you know, a little hard rock, stuff like that. All right. Very cool. Uh, what's the first thing that you do when you step out of bed? That's a little personal. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe the second thing. <laughs> um, uh, so, what's the, like, are, are you? Do you go for the coffee? I guess where I'm, do you go for the coffee? Do you go for the shop? Do you go for the computer? Um, I basically, I, I check email first thing. I check to see if it, now with my life the way it is, I check to see what orders have come in and what my day is looking like in terms of, you know, um, am I stocked up? Can I just go in there in the shipping shed? Can I just go pack and be done? Or have I run out of something that I got to go manufacture? That's mm -hmm. kind of like where I'm at. I plan my day very early on contingent upon what's come in that day. Yeah. Um, and that, that's, that's fairly new. Mm -hmm. Um, it used to not be that way, of course. Um, yeah, it's, but it used to be just, you know, go 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 to the shop, come up with ideas. Uh, and before that, it was get up at 3 or 4 in the morning and go bake bread for a living. But Right. <laughs> um, yeah. But for sure, it's it's definitely get up and you kind of get an idea of what needs to happen before lunch. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, because there's some people who, you know, they kind of go about their day and, like, get the relaxing part done. And then they go, you know, get focused. And then mm -hmm. there's the other people, which, you know, I think a lot of us in this <laughs> in this maker space are the people who get out and the first thing we're thinking about is what can I make today? Right. Yeah. And it's been ingrained in me too, from my early career. I mean, I was, you know, 18, 19 years old. I was frying donuts for a living at, at three 30 in the morning. And it was hard because all my friends were coming home and they were getting home and going to bed as I was getting up and going to work. And they were like, you're an idiot. I'm like, one day it's going to pay off. This weird, stupid lifestyle is going to pay off. And, and you know, I played golf back then. So I'd get off of work at like noon and I would go walk 18 holes for like $2 at some municipal course in Jacksonville beach. And man, that was like, that was such a crazy good time in my life. I was, I was in better shape. I was, you know, I was so active. I was, I was working hard and my roommates were annoying. And I never saw them anyway, so yeah. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> really but, impressive that you were in better shape while you were frying donuts every morning. Right, like, exactly. Well, that's impressive. Yeah. You resisted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, being around that stuff all my whole life has been it's been tough, um, especially because I'm addicted to you know addicted to food. That's what I call it. You know, I'm addicted to something we need to live. So it, not, that's a whole nother show. Uh, right, right. <laughs> but save that for the after show. <laughs> Yeah, um, I will say I, I, I'm not going to tell. I'll tell you an after show, but I have found a technique that's been working really well. I'll tell you about that later. Okay, yeah, <laughs> we'll look forward to, to hearing it. And so we'll do yeah. we'll do two more. Tiff will do one, sure. and I'll do one. Sure. All right. So if you had a maker that you'd spend the whole day with, who would it be? Man, oh man, um, I, you know, I, I'd probably be. Pete Parisi, the, the guy out in, yeah. in California. Uh, I'm going to finally meet him uh, at WorkmatesCon this year. He's coming up, and which is going to be awesome to shake his hand awesome. and, just, and whatever. I've never, I've never been so inspired by someone's ideas and their mind and how they think yeah. 
uh, it's, so, it's so great that he's a cool dude as well. Mm-hmm. And Pete and I have curated a great relationship over the past, just virtually talking on the phone, whatever, FaceTiming, whatever. Um, <clears throat> but if I could spend a day and just kind of see kind of like an inside the mind of someone, it would definitely be Pete, no doubt. Yeah, yeah you better bring, bring your spyglass to look inside that mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Yeah, he was uh, actually on the yeah. first uh, couple episodes of this podcast. Just a yeah. really He's smart great. guy. I, w- wicked, I th- wicked smart. Wicked smart. <laughs> yeah, he could take yeah. over the world. I think with his inventions. Hey, what are you guys from Massachusetts now yeah. over here? <laughs> yeah. Wow, well, you've you've been posting a lot of your interview with Derek. Right. So. Yeah, he's rubbing yeah. off. <laughs> Go, talk about good guys. Like, I yeah. I think I could hang out with Derek. Like. He is just. Derek, I don't know if y'all know this crazy story, but I got to go. I, Maker Camp was like a bucket list thing for me. I had no clue what was going to happen. I wasn't going to go. I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I had too much responsibility at the house. So my wife, of all things, you know, my wife is, is, has autoimmune problems, and um, it's, it's, it's hard for her to get out of bed consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, she reached. She reached out to Derek. And she goes, "My husband wants to go to Maker Camp so bad. He won't go because he's being too responsible here. Mm-hmm. So, um, can you help me with this?" And he's like, absolutely. So awesome. he he ended up. He said he said here's what here's what I've done. Um, I'm gonna pick him. I'm gonna pick him and Bobby Duke up from the airport. Mm. We're all gonna drive to Jimmy's house, and Jimmy has a room for Chris to stay in the hotel needed. Wow. And I, I got a I got an anniversary card, and I opened it up, and like I like tears are falling down my face. I'm like, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? You orchestrated all this? I mean, this she crafted a picture of Derek in there, and it was wow. so cool. And it was just such well, a sounds it, awesome. It was definitely like a bucket list thing to be, you know, hanging out at Jimmy's farmhouse at two in the morning. We're down there forging whatever, mm-hmm. um, and just the camaraderie between all those guys, and for Jimmy to open up his house like that and have us all there, and, and it was just it was awesome. And I, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah, I wouldn't have done it if the wife hadn't have reached out to Derek and had the whole thing manifest itself. So so cool. So talk talk about it. My good husband. <laughs> My husband bought my ticket to the first maker camp that I went to and pushed me to go as well. So it's yeah. nice when your your partner supports you. It's yes. a really beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And support can just be the opportunity to do it. Right. You mm-hmm. know, and that that's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's like it's just having the mindset that I'm going to allow, not allow, but I want them to do it, and I've got this for a minute. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, yes. my mom, my yeah. mom came over and helped out, and it was, it was a good situation here at the house. So we worked it out. Good. So, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you, Derek. Beautiful. Yep. <laughs> All right, last one. If you were, would you rather be able to rewind time or have a pause button? Oh man. Um, well, okay. Can I keep the same brain if I go back, or do I have to lose all the memories and knowledge? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. Why not? If I can keep the same brain, I go back. Yeah. If I couldn't, I would pause. Yeah. Um, and there's, I'm sorry to give two different answers here, but. Um, yeah, if I could, I, I would always say I'd love to go back in time with the same knowledge mm. because things would be very different. And not to say that I would get like winning lottery Completely numbers. Right. That's not what yeah. I'm saying. Um, <clears throat> but if, and honestly, uh, pausing would only get you ahead for a very temporary time, mm-hmm. I think. And when you unpause, you would just be right back into the rat race more, probably faster than you might mm-hmm. recognize. Yeah. But you could probably change the outcome of quite a bit if you could go back. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. I agree. If you have the same knowledge in your head and you went back in time, right. oh my goodness, the empire I would have yeah. built already. Right, right. You know? and there's no, if you don't have the same knowledge, you're going to still make the same bonehead same decisions. decisions. Yeah. You might end up in the same mm-hmm. exact spot, maybe even worse. Right. <laughs> well, 
it take it took me forever to take that risk on me to quit my job and to go full time as like yeah. a content creator and you know it's amazing like the courage I could give myself if I was back then and like you right. know just do it now okay. just do it now and you'll right. thank yourself what, for this. What did you do before? Just curious. I worked in marketing and advertising for about twenty years, wow. um, sixteen years at my last job, and it was a big corporation. Yeah. It was, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was oh, just it, miserable. That mm -hmm. sounds sounds disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was. It really, really was. Yeah. I was if you go back to my old podcast Man. Behind the Maker, yeah. a lot of it is me just going, God, I hate my job. <laughs> like really? it was like a daily oh my God. Yeah. It was I was oh, just so crazy. open. I I was yeah. asking my job to lay me off and they wouldn't. Like it was that bad. I'm like, please that's just awful. get rid of me. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I don't want to quit. You get rid of me. <laughs> yeah. And Matt, I know I know you're the host, man, but what's kind of give me like a cliff notes of your kind of like yeah. where why you're here now. Yeah, so I'm in oil and gas uh, for my full time job and uh I'm on eighteen years with the company and I cannot wait to get out of there. But yeah, that the pay is so you know, is so good that it's yeah. keeping me there for right now and Sure. eventually i don't want to be so like you and i we talked about this the other day you and i are the, the exact same age you know well with within yeah. a few months of each other and well well, well yeah, yeah 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 we're about a year, Wait, a year what's less this than mysterious a year age yeah. 42 43 something yeah. like that oh i'm 41 okay no, well hey we got we're, you, we're, we're like yeah we got it we got the spread 41 42 and 43 <laughs> let the audience let the audience guess. it should be, it should be 79 <laughs> 80 81 right yeah who's right. older chris or matt let the audience guess. Mm. Yeah. If you're on YouTube, put your comment below. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't don't look at the hairs. Don't oh, miss you. Yeah. No. No. I, I I use just for men. I tell people don't be fooled. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. I I haven't used it in a very long time, as you can see. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Camo shampoo. But yeah, I'm in I'm in oil and gas uh, for my full time job. So I do this, you know, on the weekends and and when nice. I can sprinkle it in and. Uh, I happen to be every other Friday I'm off and then every other Friday I'm working. Um, so it's just, a, you know, that's nice. yeah. So today's that's a nice work life balance thing they do. For yeah, you. exactly. Mm -hmm. So today was one of those days I was glad we can squeeze it in because I've got T-ball or not T-ball, um, uh, uh, baseball tonight. So nice. yeah, it's, it's a, it's a challenge, you know, it's just trying to squeeze it all in. So one day it'll be a full time uh, yeah. gig and we'll see what happens. Yeah, really? No kidding. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, you you do have one of the more aesthetically organized areas of your shop for sure. Yeah, how's the uh, how's that clear resin top holding up on your work? Awesome. Yeah, Is no it, issues. Are you, you still oh. careful with it though? You're not yeah, like, I'm careful. Throwing paint, throwing throwing paint. Yeah, cans I mean, on I've, I've dropped uh, chisels on it. It's all gentle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've dropped chisels and hammers and stuff like that. It hasn't cracked. Um, but the only thing is, is you can't like scrape glue off of it. You know, you it, right, right. because it'll it'll scratch. Um, Correct, but it, yeah, it, it's worked out pretty good. Um, that's cool. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, it's one of the it's one of the better ones out there. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Yeah, I'm actually yeah, gonna man. be doing a. Um, I'm gonna try my hand at this YouTube thing. Like, I'm gonna try to make more of a push. So, I want to talk yeah. to you in the after show a little bit about YouTube <laughs> and and strategy. We'll talk a little bit deeper. I think if if you're up for it. Sure. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Yeah, most definitely. So people can find you um, at a glimpse inside dot uh, org for your website. Mm -hmm. Um, or find yep. you on Instagram or YouTube. Yep, they're all there. You just Google kind of a glimpse inside and you'll see either a website or a channel or whatever pop up. Yep. Yep, it'll be there. And perfect. Uh, and, and Tiff, you are at Night Carver Designs for one of them. We'll also put your podcast in there. 
Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. Maker Conversations or Night Carver Designs. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So we'll leave all that in the show notes. So thanks for uh, being here. It's been awesome getting to know you. Cool. I, and I, I know we could talk for hours, right? That's the thing about these podcasts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's been an honor being here, man. Yeah. So thanks to Surf Prep Sanding again for sponsoring today's episode. Head over to surfprepsanding.com and then use the code MAKERLOUNGE, all one word, for 10% off uh, your sanding and abrasives over there. And thank you to our patrons. We've got a number of top-tier patrons. Jimmy McAnally, Matthew with Artiano Serio, <laughs> Victor with Wim Design, Justin with Calvary Customs <laughs> LLC, um, Brent with Clean Cut Woodworking, and then our new uh, top-tier patron, Bailey Thompson. So thank you. Head over to patreon.com slash Podcast and sign up to be a patron and see if you can make it in by WorkbenchCon so you can visit us in that podcast recording. Thanks for being here, guys. Yeah, man. It's been an honor. Thanks again. And it was an awesome conversation. And I'll, we'll talk in the after show, too. Yeah. But yeah, thanks again, buddy.